I'm Carly Palmer Webb, a gender and sexuality researcher, entrepreneur, enthusiastic Jesus lover, and the Christian sex educator. I believe that you can fully embrace your faith and pursue sexual wholeness in every life stage. And I'm here to help you do just that. I provide research-based info to help you prepare for and build sexual relationships worth all the hype, shame not included. This is the Christian Sex Educator Podcast. All right, my friends, since I am in the business of helping you improve your sex life, we need to talk for a minute about lubricant. You need to know that I am the absolute biggest hype girl for using lubricant during sex, but not just any lubricant, good, high quality lubricant. If you aren't currently using it, you should definitely try it out. It's not just for women who aren't able to lubricate naturally, not at all. Lubricant increases pleasure during penetration and makes manual sex so much better. And hello, who doesn't love a good massage? The right lubricant can double as massage oil too. My very favorite lubricant and honest to goodness, the only kind my husband and I use is Kokanoo. Kokanoo lubricants and body oils are plant-based and USDA certified organic. They don't contain harmful chemicals or fragrances that can cause irritation, infection, and unpleasant smells in the most tender parts of your body. And the best part? They feel absolutely amazing and have a very faint, fresh smell. If you are using generic lubricant from your local drugstore or aren't currently using any at all, prepare to be absolutely amazed by Kokanoo. And listeners of this podcast can use the code LUBE15 to get 15% off every purchase. That's L-U-B-E 15 for 15% off. You can check out their products at kokanoo.com, spelled just like coconut, but without the T. Good lube makes all the difference, and Kokanoo is as good as it gets. Welcome back to the podcast, my friends. I'm so excited to introduce you to a good friend of mine today. Her name's Tiffany Green, and she's absolutely brilliant. So I'm excited to learn from her along with you today in this episode. Tiffany is a Christian sexual assault counselor who believes that sex education is the best way to prevent sexual assault, specifically within Christian communities. Tiffany is an expert when it comes to teaching children about bodies, consent, sexuality, and sex. She is a bonus mom and a birth mom of BIPOC children and white children. She is absolutely fabulous. Thank you so much for coming on this episode today, Tiffany. Of course. I feel like that introduction should be read about me everywhere I go. That was amazing. (laughs) I'll read it at your funeral. Sounds great. (laughs) Okay, I'm so excited to have you here because I get so many questions, Tiffany, from parents about teaching their kids about sex and sexuality, consent. But one of the most common questions I get is about how to teach children about self-touch or if they should even address self-touch among their children. And this is something that I know very well that you teach impeccably well. So I wanted to have you on to talk about this specific topic. So we're going to chat today a little bit about the foundation that we should be laying with our children as far as sex education goes, but then specifically we'll talk about self-touch, 
what we sometimes mislabel as masturbation, which we'll get to, among young children. That's going to be our focus for today. Yeah, it's a good focus. Yes. So thanks for being willing to talk about this. This is a kind of a difficult topic for a lot of people, and I'm glad that you are so willing to talk openly about it. Yeah, not very many people will openly say that they like to talk about self-touch or masturbation, especially with kids. So thanks for bringing me on. Let's, (laughs) I'm ready to go. This is going to be good. Awesome. Okay, well then let's jump in. I wanted to start with some general information from parents before we get to specific how-tos and what to say. I wanted to ask, what are some guiding principles for parents as they prepare to talk about bodies, sex, and sexuality with their children? Awesome. Awesome question. And the most important thing we can do is establish a foundation. So here are a couple things um, that I would like for parents to to keep in mind and I, and make a priority. So the first thing that we should do as parents is to create a safe space to have these conversations. What a safe space might look like can vary depending on the topic and the needs and age of our children. Each child should be treated differently as well when it comes to these conversations and what their need of a safe space might be. And so an example of a safe space would be a private space to help alleviate nerves and thereby allowing for questions to be asked without outside judgment. Some of our children might be nervous that their siblings could be overhearing. So we Mm -hmm. want to allow for privacy. Privacy could be at home. It could be on a walk or a hike at a park. It could be in your car after you've spent some time together or after you've just gotten to go get ice cream. So a safe space is casual and it meets the needs of our child. So that's the first thing. The second thing, um, the second guiding principle would be that we need to lead with our bodies being incredibly powerful and inherently good. Yes. In Christianity, we believe that we were made in the image of God. So with that precedence, if God is good, so are our bodies. Yes, I love that so much. And I think oftentimes in Christian circles, in church, in homes, in youth Sunday school, we get a lot of information. Well, I shouldn't say a lot. The information that we do get about sex is typically around what things to avoid, And we don't get a lot of this, the goodness, the healthy sexual development. It's all like, don't do this, don't do this, this is bad. So I love that one of your guiding principles is introducing children from a really young age to the goodness of their bodies, of who they are. Absolutely. And I love what you just brought up for us to be mindful of because it connects perfectly to a quote that I want to share from the National Library of Medicine. And it's like the best quote. And it says, many parents focus on providing factual and mechanical information about sex and neglect discussion of emotions, sexual pleasure, and values. There's likely a fear that portraying sex in too positive a light may entice and encourage experimentation. Parents may need help understanding that conversations about sexuality can be factual and sex positive while simultaneously communicating boundaries and values. Yes, I love that. I love that. I think a lot of Christians confuse sex positive, the phrase sex positive with like 
encouragement. Do whatever we want, right, <laughs> whenever right. we want. Like we're sex yeah. positive, have, have as much sex as you want, which we believe in sexual agency. So you can actually right. have as much sex as you want. But I think Christians should be the most sex positive people out there because we understand just how good it is. We understand the goodness of our bodies and our relationships and our capacity for sexual pleasure. So I love that quote. Fabulous. Thanks for sharing. Oh, yeah. Thanks for hyping it up. It's a good <laughs> Okay. So other guiding principles for parents. So I think another guiding principle is um, connected to a question that we're both often asked, which is, when do we start talking about this? Yes. Um, and the only correct answer is infancy. When they're here, new. here. <laughs> That's the only correct answer of when do you start talking about that? And for any parent listening who has not done that yet, don't be hard on yourself. Um, now you know to start talking about it now. So it's okay. Some of us were raised. Um, thinking similar to how you were just describing that our bodies are not supposed to experience some of these things and we associate shame and bad emotions behind it. Um, so get rid of that shame. We're, we're trying to get rid of the shame in this conversation. Um, so we should start talking to our kids, infancy and newborns. Awesome. And what does that look like when they're that age? Okay. So we start by using anatomically correct terms always. And mm -hmm. the easiest way to practice this is by doing something that you're already going to be doing all of the time, which is changing diapers <laughs> and their clothes and bathing them. When you are changing their diapers, you tell them what parts you are cleaning as you change their diaper. I'm wiping your penis. I'm wiping your testicles. I'm wiping your vulva. You're, I'm wiping your bum. You could say bum. You don't have to say anus. <laughs> you can say <laughs> bum to your kids. <laughs> um, but just using those phrases is appropriate. And when you're bathing them, don't just say their private parts when you're bathing them. You can describe, I'm washing your arms. I'm washing your armpits. I'm washing your nipples and your belly button. And, and nipples are also a private part, just to be clear. Um, but use all of those things so that they're learning all of the appropriate names to their bodies, that cleaning our bodies is good, having clean private parts is good. And so that's just a really normal way without sexualizing it to begin that at infancy. Yeah, I love that. I love your advice to talk about their private parts in similar ways that you talk about their other parts. Not that there won't be more conversations about what private parts mean. Of course that will happen. But when you're bathing them, you don't say, I'm washing your arm, I'm washing your neck, and I'm washing your pee-pee, you know? We right, just talk right. about them in the same way. All the parts are good. All the parts are just body parts. And we'll talk more about the meaning of private parts later. And I think an added bonus to doing this at such a young age is for anybody who feels nervous or anxious about this, you're practicing it while your child doesn't really understand yet and can't mm -hmm. respond. So you're, you're practicing for yourself and hopefully throughout that process, you're able to become more comfortable talking about these things. So as the conversation changes with age, you're not as nervous and you're building up your confidence to be able to continue to have these important and needed conversations. 
I love that. I love that. I think for me, it's easy for me to look at my parents. We talk about the sex ed that we had in my home pretty often with my parents and joke about it. And we all know that it didn't happen very much, but it's easy as kids to look at our parents and be like, man, why didn't they do more? Why didn't they talk about this more often without recognizing that our parents were nervous too, and they were unsure about how to approach it. And what did they know, right? Yeah. What they even know to talk to us about. Totally, totally. So as parents, it's okay to acknowledge that we're nervous about this and we might be uncomfortable with some of this, but again, practicing from when they're born is a great way to get over some of those nerves. So thanks for sharing that, Tiffany. Okay. Tell us some more of the things besides the correct names for their body parts. What are some other things that you think all children need to know about their bodies and about sexuality? Okay. So I think that this is a great way to kind of wrap up. Here's how we can establish a simple, powerful foundation for these conversations. And maybe we can use the word relationships instead of conversations. And we're talking about this as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So to establish this relationship with our child, um, the first thing that I would recommend um, teaching our children and thinking that they all need to know is that their body is good and sexuality is good and use the term sexuality when it's appropriate to, to use that word with them, which we'll talk about at another time. Um, The second thing is that pleasure your body can experience and will hopefully experience one day is good. So the emphasis right now is good, right? We're focusing on good because that eliminates shame. Yes. The third thing is that your worth is not defined by your body, which I think is a huge emphasis specifically within Christian communities. And we're not here to earn our worth. We're here to honor it. And the fourth and final thing is that there are ways to experience all of the goodness our bodies are capable of in a most respected and fulfilling way and in a way that honors our bodies, which are inherently and divinely good. So there's emphasis in good in all of this, right? And that's what we want. We want to validate our bodies are good. We want to validate our emotional connections. We want to say that our worth is inherent. And because we're talking about this through a Christian context, um, regardless of the sexual choices we make or our children make, our worth stays the same. Our body is still good and we are still capable of experiencing all of the goodness our body has to offer us as we go throughout our lives. Yes. Yes, man. If you're listening, may I just recommend that you get a notepad really quickly rewind a couple of minutes and listen to those four points again, because this is information that all parents need. Thanks so much for sharing that, Tiffany. Do you mind if we transition a little bit into self-touch now? I do not mind at all. Let's go. (laughs) Let's do it. Perfect. Parents get so nervous about their children touching themselves, touching their private parts. And I can understand that. I'm not even a parent yet, but having grown up in purity culture and having had a lot of conversations in church about masturbation, which I did not even know what that word meant when we were talking about it. I understand that for a lot of us who are, who are parents now, 
there's a lot of shame and confusion around masturbation, around self-touch. So I understand why parents might be so nervous about it. But I also understand that we want something different for our children than the shame that we experience around our sexuality that some of us are doing a lot to work on. Some of us have a long way to go. So, so Tiffany, tell me what you would say to parents first who are just so worried about their children touching themselves, specifically young children. How do you think that should be addressed in homes? Okay. So let's make very clear right off the bat that we are going to be talking about young children. So I like that you said specifically young children. And so for anyone listening, that's the conversation we're going to have right now, because it is different depending on their age um, and their experiences with their age at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, So can you give us just kind of today, we're talking about infancy to what, six to eight years old. Yeah, but let's cap it at the absolute maximum eight. So let's do infancy to eight years old. And there's gray area in there. So understand this is all general foundational things that we'll discuss about this at the cap of eight years old. Because the goal is hopefully we're doing this at those ages. So when we transition to other ages, that's the foundation and we can expand our dialogue. So Mm -hmm. with that in mind, we're going to start off with it is absolutely normal for your child to touch their body and be curious about it. And this starts when they are babies. Mm-hmm. So parents need to stay calm. All right, parents, take a deep breath <laughs> and let it out. It is okay for your children to be touching their bodies and your child is not sinning and they are not on the highway to hell if they are touching their bodies because they are curious about what it does. Isn't that so beautiful that our children are curious about how their bodies work? Shouldn't that actually be a beautiful thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. And we should be excited that they have no shame attached to that too. Right. And, and also like that they have that brain function and those motor skills to be touching their bodies and learning what to call their body parts. It's fantastic. And it should be celebrated with the rest of their learning. Um, so I think an example of, of it being a normal experience is something that I'll share about my youngest, who's a baby, um, a boy. So we'll use his um, specific anatomical body parts in this example. So an example of normal body touching is that when he's in the bathtub, one day he discovered his penis and he was grabbing his penis like, what is this thing? And would just look at it and like, what, what is that? And I watched and I was like, okay, we found our penis. And then he discovered his testicles. And, you know, every time he was in the bathtub, that's what started right off the bat is he would immediately go there. Um, but eventually he actually grew out of it and he doesn't do that anymore. And I want to emphasize that my reaction wasn't, no, don't do that. Like it is, no, don't touch the fireplace. No, don't touch the cleaning supplies you somehow are able to still get into despite the many childhood (laughs) locks I keep using on all the cabinets. Um, Because he's learning with that word, no means bad. 
and it, mm-hmm. and you don't touch it. And I get moved to a different space when I hear the word no and to not touch something. And so at the time of all of this important brain production for our children, if we are saying no, when they're touching their body parts, we're programming their brains to only associate shame with touching their bodies in any way, because they don't have the capacity to understand beyond that. So that's why it's so important to not correct when our little ones are touching their bodies, because if we correct and prevent and tell them no, we are automatically introducing shame. Mm -hmm. This is so big. And I also know that there are a lot of parents who are like, Tiffany, I do not like this. Oh, I know. There are going to be people who will not agree with what I just said. And there will be people who might go like, oh, crap, I've been making that mistake. But guess what? If you recognize it as a mistake, label that instead as a learning opportunity and something that you can immediately, immediately course correct. Mm -hmm. And for parents who might disagree, you know what? I hold space for that. But challenge yourself and ask yourself why it makes you uncomfortable and why you disagree with that. Why is it bad for your baby to touch their private parts? Mm -hmm. Ask yourself why that is bad right? um, and sit with that. Um, And then maybe listen to future podcast episodes we might have (laughs) where we'll go more into why that's not a bad thing. (laughs) Stay tuned for that. But (laughs) But sit with that discomfort and try to dissect it and, um, and then explore that further on your own or with the help of another professional or some other resources. Great. Great. Let's talk about when they get a little bit older, let's say they're in their toddler years. Yeah. Are there times, for example, maybe when they're at a family party or something and they have their hand down their pants, are there times when you might want to correct self-touch among young children? Maybe correct is even the wrong word, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, I love that you said maybe correct is the wrong word because that's what I was going to immediately come back with. Um, And so we want to teach private parts are private. So then when they are in a public setting, first we should let them know, hey, I'm glad that you feel safe to touch your private parts. The word private means not around other people who are not in our home, who are not mom or dad. Um, So that's a great way to introduce another boundary with our children, but to also acknowledge that they felt safe to touch their body. Um, And there's a lot of, I guess, abuse prevention intentions behind those those phrases that can be talked about at another time as well. But but it is abuse prevention phrases to take the time to validate those things. Um, and to just let them know that private parts are private and touching can be private and in different safe private spaces versus being in front of other people. And then you can use an example like, do you see mommy touching her private parts? No, this is not the setting where, where that would be appropriate to do that. That would be done privately. And that's not me encouraging self-touch um, or masturbating. That's just giving an example to my toddler or, you know, three or four-year-old, which is still technically a toddler, that they would understand. Mm-hmm. And so we need to realize that some of the vernacular we would use isn't encouraging our children to 
masturbate um, and to achieve an orgasm, we're using understanding that is simple enough for them to go, oh, okay, I will stop touching myself in front of grandma and grandpa. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. We have to, we have to acknowledge that these experiences are not sexual for our young children. They have no context for sex or pleasure being sexual. It feels good to them to touch their genitals because Genitals feel good when they're touched, right? But they're not like having a sexual experience that we need to be really concerned about. Of course, of course. And I think that ties into another example of what self-touch might look like and be connected to at that stage, but also like up to the age we were capping it at, right? Seven or eight years old. It's sometimes simple and innocent tickles or gentle touches on our bodies Um ignite these senses that we have, right? And we start feeling all of these senses shooting across our body and we and we feel what we would probably tell our little kids, tinglies. You know, mm-hmm. we feel these tinglies. I love when my husband will like take his fingers and like, you know, go up and down my back or play with my hair in a non-sexual way, but it elicits those feelings and sometimes those tinglies because we're using vernacular for little ones. I feel those where my genitals are. And guess what? Our little ones will feel that too when we're just tickling them or innocently playing with them or snuggling them. They'll feel that. And so they notice that. And then they want to touch themselves because they're like, whoa, what is this feeling? Can I recreate this feeling? This is a good feeling. And so I want parents to also understand that that's just normal as well. That's part of them recognizing the feelings that their bodies have. And that's a great opportunity to now start having conversations with our kids about those feelings and creating that safe space that we hope will continue honestly throughout the rest of their lives, no matter how old our children get. Um, but that our children feel comfortable to talk about where they're feeling tinglies, where they're feeling, you know, that blood flow, that would be the conversation we would have later. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's why it's so important to, to validate what that is and to ask them why they're doing that and ask them, what do you feel? You know, what do you feel? in that area of your body and mirror the language they use when they answer that question as well. Mm -hmm. Tiffany, one of the main reasons that I wanted you to have this conversation on the podcast was because every time you talk about this, there's always an undertone of goodness and curiosity. There's just zero shame in your conversations about sex with kids. And I absolutely love that. When it comes to self-touch, I think that might be harder for a lot of parents to let go of the shame that they may have been taught around self-touch growing up. So I appreciate that about you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that what's important to establish, and we're doing that here with what we're talking about just on this episode, is that there is a difference between self-touch and masturbation. And for people who lacked the ability to have conversations or, you know, didn't have the privilege to have those conversations or to get that education. And unfortunately for many, too many a Christian folk, there was so much shame around those conversations 
um, there are going to be people who are hearing this for the first time who are well into their adulthood that are going to be shocked by a lot of this, who are going to go, there's a difference between self-touch and masturbation. What is this knowledge? <laughs> where, where has this been my whole life? And for some people, they're going to reject it. And for some people, it's going to feel validating. And I hope for most people, it's actually going to feel healing for them mm-hmm. to know that there is a difference between self-touch and masturbation and that there is always a positive way to talk about it. Um, the goal I think for both of us is for conversations about sex and self-touch and masturbation is to not be uncomfortable is for it to be normal and dare I say exciting and fun to talk mm-hmm. about things. Right. Yes. Yes. I totally agree. Thank Even you so much. Yes. These should be happy conversations. I agree completely. I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Tiffany, we decided before this podcast episode that it would be too much information to talk about self-touch among young children and then address the transition into pre-adolescence and adolescence. So Tiffany and I are going to do another podcast episode in the near future. Don't worry, those of you with older kids, we won't make you wait too long. But we're going to talk about, okay, how do we now address self-touch as our children start to get a little bit older? When do we have conversations about masturbation? as opposed to self-touch. We'll address that a little bit later. But Tiffany, before we close this episode, is there anything else that you want to say about self-touch or sex education for these young children before moving on to the older ones? You know, I want parents to understand that they can take it one step at a time to not be overwhelmed by trying to course correct or learn these habits that they might not have been taught at the age that they would like to start teaching their children about. We need to, as parents, give ourselves grace because there are a lot of things that we talk about here and knowledge that I might have that I didn't have growing up. And I would say my parents probably did an excellent job as Christian people teaching me about sex and answering all of my questions. It was always a safe space for me to ask my parents about things. However, one topic that was not talked about as much as these other topics was self-touch and masturbation. Mm -hmm. And so even I myself, as someone who tries to do this professionally and is an advocate for abuse prevention and sex education. Even I myself didn't grow up with this foundation. So give yourself grace um, and prioritize taking your child's lead with the conversations you need to be having with them. Um, Yeah. I think just to not make it seem like it's too big of a deal, simplify it and don't be overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I love the giving yourself grace. We're all going to mess up during these conversations and every other conversation we have with our kids at some point. And that's okay. We're all learning along with our kids, but I love this, uh, this consistent feeling of goodness, of curiosity, and of letting our kids take the lead. I appreciate that, Tiffany. Okay, for people who want to learn more from you, want to connect with you, can you just tell us where to find you, Tiffany? You can find me on Instagram, and my handle is your friend 
Tiffany. So the emphasis on my account as I talk about a lot of different topics, including sex education and abuse prevention through a Christian lens. And so the emphasis is intimate conversations and listening to other people, answering their questions. And I really want to be your friend. So I hope people feel like they're able to listen to this podcast and feel like, you know what? My friends, Tiffany and Carly had this really (laughs) good conversation about self-touch. And I hope that they continue with that mindset because maybe that makes us more receptive to information as well when we associate a comfortable title with somebody else. Yeah, I love that. And Tiffany is such a good friend to me. And I know that she will be for you too. So take her word for that. Thank you. I'll <laughs> okay, take all well, the compliments. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Tiffany, thanks so much for joining me for this episode. And I'm very much looking forward to our next one together as well. Oh, it'll be a juicy one. That'll, that'll be sure will. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. And Tiffany, we will see you next time. You finished another episode of the Christian Sex Educator Podcast. That's one more step in preparing for and building the kind of sexual relationship that you're really hoping for. So congrats. For episode details and links, check out the show notes or head over to thechristiansexeducator.com slash podcast. And don't forget, God invented sex and it is oh so good. Come back soon.